Superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little bit about adfreeshows.com. People often ask me, what exactly is adfree shows all about? Well, I'm glad you asked. Not only do you get early ad-free access to all of my podcasts starting at just $9, but you also get many of your other favorite wrestling podcasts like Click This with Kevin Nash, Gentleman Villain with William Regal, Oh You Didn't Know with Brian James, and others, but yes, still just $9 a month. That's 14 podcasts in total every single week early with no ads. That's like 20 cents an episode. And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or through your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Want some more cheese on that Whopper? AdFreeShows.com has literally tens of thousands of hours worth of bonus content, including fantastically popular series like Eric Fox Back, Idle Chase, and Strictly Business. And I don't know why this is a thing, but there's even more than 40 Ask Conrad episodes waiting for you at AdFreeShows.com. We've got monthly Zoom chats with all the podcast hosts, live watch-alongs with wrestling legends, and more. Come on now. See for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans have already discovered. That's adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling today. Check it out right now. Adfreeshows.com. You'll be glad you did. Hey, real quick. Want to give a shout out to James up in Stoneville, North Carolina. He's a friend of the show. Hell, he's a friend of the family. Now we were able to go ahead and help his family recently save more than $1,200 a month. Really think about this. My man, Robbie didn't save $1,200 one time. He's going to save it each and every month, all because he went to save with Conrad.com. He left us a five-star review earlier this week. And he said this from the first phone call with Christian, all the hard work Diane put in Jennifer taking time to explain things and help me understand where we were at with the deal right up to Steve, helping me get this survey through nothing but professionalism all around dealing with first family has helped us to the point we've cut $1,200 a month off our bills. I can't say enough about the team Conrad has assembled. I highly recommend first family to anyone looking to purchase or refinance their home. Thanks to Conrad and the entire first family team. No, thank you, James, for the great review and congratulations on saving 1200 bucks a month. And oh, by the way, you can skip your next two house payments. It's real folks. Savewithconrad.com can help you. We're licensed in more than 40 States, but if you've got credit card debt, if you're looking to save money on your monthly payments, if you're looking to pay your house off faster, or even buy a house with no money down, savewithconrad.com is your hookup. Holler if you hear me. That's savewithconrad.com. NMLS number 65084, equal housing lender. And oh, by the way, you don't need perfect credit. You don't need money out of your pocket. What are you waiting for? Find out how much money you can save for free at savewithconrad.com. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to DDP Snake Pit. And of course, we couldn't do it without the handful of Hall of Famers. Ladies and gentlemen, Jake the Snake Roberts. Jake, how are you, dude? I'm ready to punch somebody in the nose. Okay. Well, I hope it's not me, but may I recommend the other Hall of Famer, Diamond Dallas Page. DDP, what's up, man? Hey, dude. Glad to be here, man. Uh, Absolutely. Just, uh, I don't want to be the guy Jake wants to punch in the nose. Me neither. Me neither. It's uh, a goal for us. If I did it, it would be for a good reason. <laughs> good to know. Well, you know what? We're going to pick you guys' brain today. We uh, we talked about modern wrestling last week and sort of caught you up on all things AEW and WWE. And by now, we know what a big show Grand Slam was for AEW. Congrats to uh, all involved on a big show there. And 
we're marching towards the next big event. But before we get there, let's let our listeners have the keys to the show. We solicited you guys on Twitter and said, Hey, do you have a question for Dallas? Do you have a question for Jake? And man, they came in in bunches. Uh, here's one from our pal, Jim. He wants to know would either of you guys ever think about running or promoting your own show, even just once. Let's say you, Jake. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, I pre- absolutely not. I have no way in hell. No. Well, how, how do you really feel about it? No. Uh, I feel the same way, but I have, a, I have a young man here who I've known him since he was 15 years old, Dylan Freimeyer, and his partner, Nathan Mallory, and they they put out uh, Southern Honor Wrestling. Yep. 7th of October is your anniversary show. If you're in Georgia and you want to see a great show, with no names, you never know who's going to show. I think I think uh, Marcus Bagwell will actually be there. This uh, would be I'd be do a signing as well. But uh, their their show is so tight; it's like watching a, you know a, a tapered down. You know, originally go back to Raw before there was W. You know, the whole thing with the cameras and the and the screens, and they shoot angles and. They've got a double cage main event uh, that they're doing, uh, but they really, they don't, it's phenomenal wrestling in this, you know, independent wrestling and they're the number one promotion in Georgia. So yeah, I wouldn't want to compete with them. No, absolutely <laughs> not. Dylan, we all know works his ass off and uh, does a phenomenal job, not only for his own promotion but for you sure and, sure uh, he's past, one of our best one of our best storytellers sir him and nathan yeah. both are in the past did a lot of work for AEW. yeah you know, and a lot of good work i'm so proud of him he's like my little son <laughs> and away from home yeah so yeah no. it's been like a who's who <laughs> over at southern honor though so check that out i mean once upon a time chris jericho showed up unannounced kenny omega showed yes, up unannounced. i did too Hooks showing up unannounced. There's it's been a who's who. Yeah, I can't recommend it enough. Go check it out if you have the opportunity. And maybe yeah. you might see the superstars of tomorrow today. Your guy like Austin Theory, he knows a thing or two about Southern Honor. So check it out if you haven't already. Uh Dan yeah, wants to know. But that's funny you say that because I never told Dylan. He was like, Do you think you could show up? Like, dude, I'm so jammed. I can't, I can't do it. So he was like, like, okay, okay. But then I showed up for the surprise of he's like, Oh, you came. So of course he just wrote me in, go out and cut a promo or whatever, but they had, they had the first show. They had a great turnout. You know, people love wrestling here and independent wrestling is the greatest way oh, yeah. for, for fans who are real fans to watch some of like your favorites. So you can find this guy. Will this guy make it? Will this girl make it? You know, uh, That's what I do when I go. Yeah. Right. Damn right, man. Uh, Dan wants to know when you live together and times got tough, how are you both able to realize that tough love and getting Jake help was more important than just giving in to outbursts, even if it may have cost you your relationship. <laughs> As Jake points to me, <laughs> well, you know, uh, I put these little things out every morning and I do like 30 of them at a time, like just inspirational stuff. And I wasn't doing that back then, but the one thing that you really realize as you go on in life is being grateful, you know, being grateful for how you got there. Mm -hmm. And Jake, you know, was huge. Like it chokes me up at times. That was him and Dusty were my guys, you know, that really, Believed in me when nobody else did. Right. So uh, sometimes I have to take some deep breaths. <laughs> but I never forgot the insight and the time. And what when, when Jake was teaching me that, you know, I'd say, So what do you, you know, how what can I do for you? And he's like, just pass it on. Like that was always his thing, yeah. pass it on. And I and I already am that guy of passing stuff on and mentoring people and you know uh, i just had so much respect still to this day but had so much respect that it could take down the sometimes anger mm-hmm. sometimes just bewilderment <laughs> you know and know that i just had to 
breathe and believe and keep moving forward. And uh, kind of like we're doing with Bob. Yeah. You know, I don't really call him that anymore, you know, because Marcus is the guy who's yep. a really good guy. Buff's a bit of an asshole. So you know, shake the snake. You know, this is the way things work out with us, you know, as performers. You sometimes get caught up in our own publicity and our own bullshit. And then you get lost. And then once you're lost, man, you're hard to get back. Um, I know when Dallas, when we would have our confrontations, I knew the bottom line. And the bottom line was, if I leave here, I'm dead. Mm. So I would argue points, but I wouldn't push it so far as to get ran out of there. Uh, I wasn't afraid to uh, drop down to my knees and, and, and say, please, if I had to, if I needed to, because it was that's how serious it was. And I hope Buff is taking this in the same way, because it is your last chance, Buff. Marcus. Marcus, if you don't make it through this and you don't clean a, a better path, you'll be the next one we bury. Mm. And I don't want that for you or for anybody else. And uh, I enjoy mentoring people. You know, it, it, it does my heart great good to see somebody that you've just tweaked a little bit and all of a sudden you see that they're catching on and you're like, oh, my God, yeah, hell yeah, let's do this one. It's going to be good, man. And uh, helping people that are still struggling. I do a lot of that. Um, and the tough thing for that is not to get emotionally connected to that person because their sickness will wind up hurting you. And uh, that's something I have to be, be careful of. Well said. Uh, Wes Gay wants to know, Diamond Dallas Page, what was the WCW environment like in 95 when the Braves won the World Series? What well, uh, Braves? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I it was funny. Just in the town of Atlanta, they said uh, uh, there was a billboard <laughs> that said, uh, um, Atlanta is not a sports town. And there was a hatchet, like a tomahawk, <laughs> like breaking the the billboard in half. Uh, everybody was, you know, super pumped for the Braves, you know, just like they were last year. You know, it was, you know, a couple decades later, but uh, you know, first time coming out of the gate like that, and you know, I think that was around the time when Nitro started. When did Nitro start? Was it in ninety five? September ninety five. Yeah. Yeah. So you know, it was a, uh, it was a. Uh, you know, people, you know, when you, when you see your hometown team, you know, kicking ass and going all the way, it's, uh, you know, it gets everybody involved. Jake, were you ever a baseball guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, you're the big oh yeah. Guy. Big time. Uh, in fact, uh, back in the, I call it glory years, because when you got Glavin pitching, mm-hmm. you got Smokes pitching, you got Greg Maddox pitching. And Avery. Glory oh, yeah. <laughs> and, and Avery. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just amazing. Um, my ex-father-in-law, he owned a nightclub in town, and uh, he always had five seats behind the third row dugout in the second row. And those are great seats because they bring you things to eat and drink. <laughs> and, uh, man, that sun sure does get to you out there about that seventh thing. <laughs> so... Yeah, I was there a lot. You know, tickets were free, and uh, you know the parking was—they uh, took care of everything. Hey, well, like I tell you, Jake, this—I wish we had a video clip of this, and we had it for years. But Jake was playing a celebrity softball game. WWE yeah. guys were there, yeah. right? And Jake—it's it, it's, it's, greatest it's, catch of all time. Yeah, Jake is freaking going for this pop-up fly, right? And Jake's running for it. I'm a gazelle. And right as he gets about to catch it, his legs come out from under him because it's fucking like raining there. And it's a complete backdrop sliding and caught the ball. Oh, wow. 
<laughs> and I was carried off the field with mud up my ass so far. Oh, oh my god. god. It was it was one of the fun. Oh was, my god. I'm so bummed because it, it's something we would have had. Jim Duggan batting with a with the two by four. And we were playing the hockey players of the NHL. Okay. And they were serious about it. They played all summer long. That's how they kept in shape. And man, we got stuck together in a bar, the hotel, and it got pretty salty in there. I didn't see any way of us getting out of there without somebody fighting. So I went to see if I could find somebody to fight because I didn't want to do it. But uh, when we played them in the game, man, it was it was real serious. It was bragging rights, and we won. There you go. The guys that never played. I had Frenchie Martin playing second base. Give me a break. <laughs> you know, second that's, base. That's a great Axel had torn his Achilles, so he couldn't even run. So he's hitting the ball with a two-by-four and uh, having somebody run for him. But uh, we had a great time doing that. It raised a lot of money for people that needed it. And uh, for me to hit that, for me to catch that ball was a highlight of my my baseball life for sure. <laughs> and then there was there was a home run hitting contest at the end of the game. And it was me and Hacksaw against these two hockey players, and the one guy hit like eighty five home runs that summer. And, but they didn't understand wrestling, and we we just got up underneath their skin, man, <laughs> talking shit to them. And this guy he got up there, he's swinging so freaking hard, he's hitting burn worm burners. Their line drives about that high off the ground. Yeah, I mean scorching the turf. And me and Duggan went out there and beat him. And Duggan still says his was that much further than mine, but I I say he had an illegal instrument. Well, he's always been known to be a cheater. He's a known cheater. But you got to pull that up and watch that sometime, man, because it is the greatest catch of all time. You think it's on YouTube? I'm sure it is. Oh, yeah. We'll find it. We'll find it. Yeah. <laughs> Here's a great question for you, Dallas. This is from Angel Clements, friend of the show. She says, I found out recently that I have arthritis in my neck and I just turned 39. I love weightlifting, but I want to incorporate your program since listening to the show. I'm interested in how the program may benefit me to cause the least harm to myself, but still reach my goals. Well, for starters, it's not going to cause any harm to you, period. Because the really cool thing about DDPY, it meets you where you are. Like, we've eliminated all excuses with this when we went to our bed workouts, bed flex, like laying in bed, then you sit in a chair, then you use a chair where Jake started using a chair. You know, uh, so it can bring you along the way it needs to be. But the biggest thing, I think that the most advantageous thing about our program is when you go on the app, first of all, it costs nothing to get you to try it. You got seven days free. But go to ddpyoga.com or ddpy.com to get it. You get seven days free. But the thing that I put together, I call it the list. And if you do everything on that list, I don't care what. How beat up you are, how old you are, you know, I don't care what you how heavy you are. You can really not just change your life, but own your life. But you got to do everything on that list because it'll enlighten you at a whole different level. And that's the best thing I can say. So it costs you nothing <laughs> to go try it. And you can actually see, like, okay, if I do these things, and most of it's it's uh, educating yourself. And understanding, you know, from a lecture I did on living life at 90%, the formula being life's 10% of what happens to you, 90% how you react to it, and so forth and so on. Oh, someone said that to you? Yeah. Get out. Oh, this is awesome. Oh, you found it, Garrett? Here it is. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> so we're going to have Dude. We'll pull it up right here. Yeah. And I forgot you literally had fallen before you caught the oh, ball. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was sliding past it. Oh, my God. It had rained like four inches of rain right before the game. That is classic. Here's how, here's how you got to do that. I don't, I don't know that we would have gotten to see this beforehand. That's fantastic. 
This episode is brought to you by CarShield, who makes it easy and affordable to protect my car from expensive repairs. And that's just for starters. CarShield is the number one auto protection company in the U.S. and offers protection plans for around 100 bucks a month. The plans cover more parts than ever before, whether your car has 5,000 miles or 150,000 miles. Let me tell you how simple it is to get your car fixed. When you need a repair, you choose... Choose the mechanic, and CarShield's administrators handle the rest. That's it. You don't have to deal with the paperwork or headaches. You're taken care of. Same goes if your car breaks down and you're stuck on the side of the road. Plans through CarShield also include coast-to-coast roadside assistance. CarShield administrators are there for you with rental car options and trip reimbursement at no extra cost too. Get coverage today and you'll lock in your price now and it will never go up. That means as long as you own your car, no matter how old it is, you're protected from the rising cost of parts and repairs for your vehicle. CarShield helps protect my wallet from expensive car repairs and they'll do the same for you. Go to carshield.com slash podcast to start your plan and lock in your pricing forever that's carshield.com slash podcast a deductible may apply afford anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls how to refine your mental models and how to think about how to think paula while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year it is far less likely than it is on thirty thousand dollars a year right i would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight it was a hundred percent you need to make more money make smarter choices and build a better life afford anything wherever you listen so Jake, we, uh, we got a question for you here. Excellent follow-up question after we just threw one to Dallas. This is from another friend of the show. The females are, are turning out for us. Lindsay wants to know, I'm the girlfriend of a recovering drug addict. He's been clean for nine years. What are some tips for me to help him continue his sobriety? I always shy away from drinking around him, but if there's anything else, I'll take your advice. Thanks. <laughs> That's a good idea. Not to drink around him, sweetheart. I don't know where he's at in the program. But he's made nine years. So congratulating for that. But I want to ask you, is he still doing the things that got him sober? Is he still going to meetings? Does he have somebody that's uh, mentoring him along, I hope? Um, you know, you, you got to be real careful with you drinking. Because even if you don't drink in front of him, he'll know it. And in, an addict's mind can take things and twist them in all sorts of different directions. He might think the reason uh, you're not drinking around him is because you only drink when we're with the other guy. You know, our minds get get twisted up in this thing, man. Addiction's an evil beast, and he'll come at you with every storyline that you can imagine. So, I don't know about you drinking. Uh, I would try to shy away from it in a big way, but you've got to support him and what he's doing. But say things in such a way that you're not making him do anything. Guys have a real hard time being made to do things. But suggestions are great. Encouragement's always good. And throw in a, I'm so proud of you, honey. That's huge. That's amazing what it can do for you. But uh, I'm glad you asked the question and hope you guys will continue. Uh, Dan wants to know, Dallas, what's the smallest crowd you've ever wrestled in front of? I got this one. I'll I'll win this one. (laughs) Um, you know, uh, I want to say like a hundred people. No, wait, maybe maybe I gotta go back to, I gotta go back to when I was 23 and I wrestled three matches. There was maybe 38 people. 38. 38. Yeah. I would say 35 to 35 to 40 people. It was my first time ever walking out there. I don't know anything. You know, I'm working with a guy who, you know, uh, has been wrestling maybe a few years. I mean, there's no talking about it back then. You know, uh, I was so nervous. and But there was nobody there. But it didn't matter. If it was one person, you know, because I'm a... You know, I, I didn't want to put myself in that position because I didn't know anything, but that's what they gave me to do. How many people for you? Five? Five. Five people. You wrestled five in front people. of five people. Wow. And five people. You know, here's the best part. Where was it at? 
some city in Japan, and we're on the roof of a 30-story apartment building, and they're having the wrestling on the roof, and it's for the family that owns that building. That's the reason they did it. They owned that whole damn building, and he wanted a wrestling show, and by God, he got one. Five people showed up. Five people. That was his two sons, his wife, and him, and a daughter. <laughs> and they did not do one damn thing during the whole show. They never clapped. This is back in the day before the Japanese started getting with it with the, with the cheering and all that. They just sat there with their hands crossed. Mm, that's all you got. <laughs> and we're in the ring, and then it starts to rain. And it rains really hard. And I went out and stole one of their umbrellas and stood in the corner and shielded myself from the weather. And then I got tagged in and I came in the ring fighting with my umbrella, hanging over myself, hitting the gun. And afterwards, they chewed my ass for making a cartoon out of it. I, said, I well, can't I think, imagine. I, I, I kind of think you made a cartoon out of it when you put us on top of a building in front of five people in the rain store. But it's not my fault you don't know that high spot. What high spot? You shoot me in the ropes. You give me a backdrop, the umbrella, I come down slow. And they're like, really? 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 It didn't wind up well for me. That whole Japan tour wasn't your best tour. My yeah, God. It was a cage match tour. Let's do another one here. Um, Christopher Martin, we actually got this question a variety of different ways. Jonesy Chats and Christopher Martin both want to know, did you like your feud with Jerry the King Lawler in 1996, Jake, or did you feel like it was in poor taste? Absolutely. It was a horrible taste. Poor taste is not, you know. I don't know that feud. What was the deal? Well, they were making fun of me being an alcoholic. Oh, wow. Yeah, he wound up pouring a bottle of whiskey down in my face, burnt the shit out of my eyes. Like a real bottle? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa, they didn't use sweet tea? I thought they would gimmick it. No, no, it was, ask Jerry, he'll tell you the same damn thing, because whenever it comes time for me to pour it on him, he goes, you can't pour that on me. I said, what do you mean? You poured it on me? He goes, well, Vince wanted to pour it on you. That motherfucker, you know? Because at the time, I was really struggling with my sobriety. Mm-hmm. And I can't say boys will be boys because boys can be assholes. Right. And uh, they were constantly putting things in my bag that shouldn't have been there, uh, taking chances with my damn well being because they were putting drugs in my damn suitcase that I didn't know were there. And I'd find shit in there, you know, you know, paraphernalia and stuff. It was just horrible, man. And at some point, we went to Japan. I uh, went to Europe. An Undertaker heard them getting on me pretty, pretty hot and heavy. Called me, you know, pussy. You used to be a fucking man, you know, yada yada yada. Yeah, this God thing's bullshit, you know, this that and the other. It was some pretty rough stuff going. And uh, Undertaker used to sleep under the bus. You know, yeah. There was a compartment for luggage and. Uh, Sure. And he'd go in there and sleep while they ran down the road. Really? Yeah. But, it, you know, he's a dead man, right? So he had the bus pull over, and he got up and cut a promo in my favor. Wow. I can see that. And uh, I told him, the guy, you don't want him to go back to being the guy he used to be. So he'll kill every fucking one of you. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty rough, man. I, that was a real bad angle. Even Lauder didn't want to do it. I didn't know it at the time that Lauder didn't want to do it. I thought he was enjoying it a little bit too much. Mm. And I had some harsh feelings for Jerry until him and I sat down and, and talked about it. Now we're good. Good. That's great to hear. Yeah. IWTV.live is independent wrestling's premier streaming service for live events and video on demand of past events. If you saw Wheeler Yuta versus Daniel Garcia on AEW, Check out IWTV.live as they had an even better match for the IWTV title. And you can check out the likes of Eddie Kingston, Masato Tanaka, Jonathan Gresham, and so many more. For just 10 bucks a month, IWTV.live offers 20 plus events streamed live each month from the top independent wrestling. 
And oh, by the way, just this past week, they had 10 live events. That's a dollar an event. Y'all there's no better value in wrestling streaming today. Also as an IWTV.live subscriber, you have immediate access to our extensive library of over 13,000 hours of video on demand content from over 300 independent wrestling promotions from around the world, including beyond wrestling, prestige wrestling, absolute intense wrestling, and H2O. You can watch IWTV.live anytime, anywhere on Roku, Apple TV, and Amazon fire TV stick, including the mobile apps for Apple and Android devices. There's no long-term contracts required. So what are you waiting for? Go to IWTV.live and subscribe today for just 10 bucks a month. That's IWTV.live. IWTV.live. Uh, Matt wants to know, do either Jake or Dallas wish their in-rings in-ring careers could have ended with a proper send-off at a WrestleMania or another big show? Of course we do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And then rabbits would come out of the, my ears and dribble down and they would hop off into the distance and, and I would ride a giant dinosaur out. That would have been I awesome. I tell you, you know, for, for, for my last match, to be able to do an AEW, you know, with Cody laying out that finish, um, I'm happy with that. You know, yeah. like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't what I would like to love to, you know, I always said, I got to work at WrestleMania. I got to work. And pretty much everything I set the goal for, I did. But so you got to be specific sometimes. I mean, I should have been saying to myself, I've got to work the main event at WrestleMania. You know, that's, that should have been my goal, you know, and looking back, you know, you know, I figured I got what I was trying to do, you know, work WrestleMania. And, uh, I had a great match with uh, Christian, you know, it was mid card and it should never been that like that, you know, uh, but it was what it was. And I'm super grateful for, for the career that I was lucky enough to have that never should have, you know, but, uh, uh, would like to have been different. Yeah, sure. But don't try not to even think about it. <laughs> well, here's one from, um, a friend of the show, Jimmy McKinney. He wants to know, do either of you guys have any stories about Ray Stevens? A name we don't talk about a lot these days. Uh, I, I had the opportunity of running into Ray Stevens when he was working mid Atlantic for a short period of time. And, um, of course the man I was seeing wasn't the man from before. Right. He was a man after. And, uh, he was real busted up. And, uh, but all the respect in the world from what he did, you know, him and Pat Patterson as a tag team on the West coast set that shit on fire. You know, they were amazing. Ray, the crippler Stevens, he was a phenomenal wrestler. Did real well in, uh, AWA and, well, he did well wherever he went. Yeah, he did. He was the top hand. Wasn't Ray? Wasn't Ray in uh, the movie um, Paradise? Uh, Paradise the Alley. Paradise Alley. Wasn't he in that? I uh, want to say I remember him taking some friggin' like bumps where you'd go, oh, before you'd seen bumps like today. Yes, probably would you know make people open their eyes. But back then it was like, whoa, what did he just do? You know, I can't remember. I'm yeah, he was sure in it. Was. He was in it. Yeah, you're exactly right. He was in it. Uh, Dustin Howell wants to know this one's for Jake. Uh, what was it like your time in world-class, uh, in Dallas? It's interesting that you are one of a select few to work with both stone cold and his trainer, Chris Adams and different promotions. Uh, we don't talk a, lo- a lot about world-class. What was your experience like there, Jake? Wasn't good. Uh, wasn't good at all. Um, from a business sense at the time I just left. Georgia Championship Wrestling events had bought it out, and I was wanting to go to world class and just keep the fire burning. But that's not what they had in mind. And um, it, it was such a mess there at the time. C- controlling the Von Eric boys was impossible. Uh, they had a schedule of their own, and it didn't include much wrestling. You know, they just kind of did what they wanted to do whenever they wanted to do it. And unfortunately, I got in there after the Freebirds had already burned it up pretty good, and it was headed down the hill at the time. And they weren't willing to do the things that would have picked it back up. But they stuck the belt on me and Gino and 
Chris Adams and thought that's going to be something spectacular, but it really wasn't. I got a question. What was Gino like? Gino was cool, man. He seemed like it. He never, um, you know, I'd been seeing Gino for years because I'd work Houston and uh, he was on Houston shows a lot. And uh, everybody used to like scratch their head. How come? Well, it doesn't matter how come, you know, that's, that's somebody else's business and I'm not getting in that, but um, he was always there and he'd go out and do a great match. Um, Gino was an old, old time, old style heel. He was a chicken shit heel. Mm. You know, he didn't mind cowering off at all. Uh, he taught me a lot while I was there and, 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 mid, and uh, world class. I know he got in the corner one time and drawed his knee up and put both his arms up. The match was just starting. I'm like, what are you doing? He goes, you'll see. What, what are you doing, dude? Comes over and tags me. Goes, Go in and find out. So I go to the corner. And I'm like, okay, ready for this damn thing to start. They ring the bell, and friggin' Kevin Von Erich runs across the ring, mm-hmm. dives at me, and throws a punch. And he's bringing his knee up. His knee catches me in the chin, and the punch hit me in the top of the head. Holy shit! What was that? <laughs> and Gino looked at me. Now you know why I do it. Blocking, <laughs> blocking that horse shit. Because it never failed. They they hadn't the boys had something in their mind and they had to get that out at the beginning of every match. Uh Greg Laxton has a question for you, Dallas. Can we get an update on Paige's retreat in Florida? Is there a projected opening date? <laughs> oh my God. If my wife Paige was here, <laughs> oh God, she'd have a story for it. We have uh it's this place we're building is going to be spectacular and it's going to have four floors. The top floor will be ours and the bottom three floors, you know, that's where we'll have people stay. And, you know, it's going to be a beautiful place. But when I added the fourth floor, it's, it's, it's just, a, it's, it's, it turned into one issue after another and of course, we went through COVID over this period. Building codes, building codes, permits, electrical. Because when you add a fourth floor, and what I did, I wanted. We're already fifteen feet above the sea level, and if you have a bottom floor in Panama City Beach, it's pretty much a blowaway floor. Like it yeah. blows away, but we're fifteen feet above sea level, so I made mine concrete the bottom floor which again took us back to the plans once i found that i could do that because i wanted to be sealed completely because hurricanes run through there pretty heavily and if something was and get water all on that whole bottom floor everybody's going to have damage and it's going to take forever to heat you know to fix it but if i seal the thing with the ceiling doors and the concrete it, it can have to get to 30 feet above sea level before I would have any issues. It, it does that. Folks, y'all aren't going to worry about his place. Right, right. You'd be saving your own asses. Right. It, it, it'll, be, it'll, it'll be the end of the world. But the bottom line is, I built it like this on all the plans, and they had to keep getting done. So long story short, the pilings get there this week, and they're supposed to start building by the beginning of October. So... Look for it to be done in the next year and a half to two years. So I think I'm going to do another retreat next year somewhere else, uh, probably Mexico or Dominican Republic. I've got, an, I've got an idea we should talk about for that off air analysis. Uh, Mick Dolman has one for Jake. What's the most painful in-ring injury you've had? Not necessarily the most serious, but the most painful. In-ring. Yeah. Uh, probably when I clotheslined Andre uh-huh. and he went through me and it ripped my pack in half. Mm. Uh, I remember going down and I thought I broke my shoulder. I'm just holding my shoulder like this. And I, I'm, I'm wiggling my fingers, you know, trying to get the feeling back in them. And Andre reached down and grabbed me by this hand and jerked me to my feet, which stretched that back out again. At which point I decide I'm going to sleep. 
uh, I passed out from pain. And when I woke up, Andre's got me in a bear hug and he's singing to me. Nice little baby. Nice little baby. <laughs> and I woke up, I'm like, what? Oh my God, Andre, get us out of here. No, we finished match. So we finished the match, and then that night we wrestled again. Uh, me with the blown pack, and uh, never took a day off. Should have. Fantastic. It didn't. Anytime you tear a muscle, it hurts. Or, or a broken sternum, which Leon gave me that twice in two matches. Broke my sternum twice in two matches. Leon White? Yeah. Crushed me in the corner and broke my sternum. A broken sternum is real painful because it takes a long time to heal. And if you sneeze oh. or cough, you want to rip your eyeballs out. It hurts so bad. But yeah, broken ribs are tough on you too. They also was the most painful injury you had in the ring. I'm not sure. I put them at equal. I threw Shanghai Pierce into the turnbuckle. I mean, into the ropes, and I think I was too close when I went to him an elbow across the chest, and I and he came off or he hit his right side of his ribs and bounced off. So now his shoulder oh is heading God. to me oh at three hundred pounds mm. at a velocity of I don't know how many pounds per square inch. Yeah. 422. <laughs> and I went to friggin' lay that friggin' in that 300 pounder, lay that forearm into his chest, and it caught me in the back of my shoulder and it blew out my, my rotator cuff. I thought someone shot me in the shoulder. That's horrible, man. We both go down. I crawl to Kevin. I'm, I'm tagging with Kevin Nash at the time in Shanghai and, uh, and uh, Phineas. Uh, um, Dennis, uh, Dennis Knight. Dennis, Dennis, what? Dennis Knight. Oh yeah. Right. Right. Dennis. I loved him, man. I knew him from Florida championship wrestling when we worked together with Dusty, but yeah, yeah. He worked. That's where he just started as an 18 year old kid. And so, uh, I crawl the cab. I tagged Kevin. I said, I broke my shoulder. Don't tag me back. And it's supposed to be a four way at the end. And I pull myself up with the apron, and, and it, I, I just won't move. I've got it, like, attached to my body now because it hurts so bad. And here comes Shanghai to hit me. And like, no, <laughs> he hit me. And I hit the floor. I mean, oh, my God. Kevin, you know, Kevin did the job for me. Again, he came in, carried me to the back. Mick Foley walks up to me and he says, he's, he's Cactus Jack back then. And he says, is it the worst pain you ever had? I said, yeah, man, I think I broke my shoulder. He goes, no, you tore your rotator cuff. So I ended up going to the doctor because I want to get back in as soon as possible. Because Jake had been in and worked in a territory at the time, but he had just left. And him and Watts had to blow up. And that son of a... Ah, and uh, so uh, bringing, uh, I go, I, I got to get back to the ring as soon as possible. So I go to the doctor. They go, you got a bone bruise. I'm like, okay. So a week goes by and I, I, I go back. I go, I don't think this is a bone bruise. Whatever needs to be done, I got to get it fixed. They go, okay, well, we're going to send you for some MRIs. There's I go do the, the MRIs. The doctor looks at it and then he goes, gets two other doctors who I like to call Mo and Larry, definitely <laughs> curly. <laughs> and they look at it and they go, Yeah, we think you got a bone bruise. I go to the gym and I'm just riding the bike. And Lex comes up, he goes, How's your shoulder? I said, They said I got a bone bruise. He goes, How can you move it? I go, I can't even lift it up. He goes, Go see this doctor. And he gave me this guy, Dr. Bill Armstrong. I go to see him the same day. Lex made a call for me. I go see him. He looks at the MRI and he goes, you tore your rotator cuff. I said, that's what Mick Foley said. (laughs) So he put me in for surgery that day. And, and what ended up happening, you know, they let me go, you know, and, uh, because my contract's up and Bill doesn't see anything in me at the time. And I told him that, you know, I was going to leave anyway. And 
I know I got to leave here to come back. Kind of like what Cody did, you know, yeah. you got to leave to come back. And that's when Jake had called me and he heard, so he heard, I hurt my shoulder and he just wanted to see how I was doing. And that's when he ended up moving in with me. And you know, so what looked like the worst thing ever happened to me was, indirectly, <laughs> indirectly was the best thing ever happened to me. You know, that's why I try to tell people all the time. I don't care how bad it is, except for taking death out of the equation. You know, take death. Because when that happens, that's a time thing. Your, your, you know, your so run is over when you die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so many. It, it, the, the worst thing that happened to you could turn out to be the best. Yeah. That has happened to me so many times. Except for when it comes to death, when someone dies, yeah, like there's no good. Not much of a comeback know? there. Yeah, and so uh, you gotta just go through time. But it was the best thing ever happened to me. You know. Great question here that we've never talked about. Ryan Howard wants to know what were Jake's and DDP's experiences like in TNA. Jake, you first. What was your, what was TNA like for you? Daniel, next. Oh, you know, <laughs> he's trying to keep positive. Uh, uh, I was involved in a wedding. And that was it. <laughs> okay. So, uh, How are you, Dallas? It was actually pretty good for me. <clears throat> because leaving WWE, oh, God. I did not want to leave like that, you know. But I didn't want to stay there either. Yeah. You know, I, I knew that if I was... 35 or 36, like Book was, you know, Booker was, you know, yeah. even though WCW guy, you know, they were going to, they're going to beat, they're going to screw with him, you know, but he was so good at what he did, Booker, you know, that Booker could, through time, could rise above and be, you know, be who he was. And, yeah. you know, two time Hall of Famer, which goes to show you, it does not matter how many times you get beat, guys. <laughs> so, Bottom line is, uh, I wasn't that. I was 45, 46 at the time. And that's why I went there when I did. Um, so I, I knew that, you know, I don't I don't have the time here to really turn my freaking career around and make them believe in me. So when my neck was screwed up, I, I, just, I just needed to leave. And two and a half years later, it was um, Eric Watts who was convincing me to take another run, come back. And, you know, Vince Russo at the time, Vince, I, he was not my, uh, you know, was not my favorite person. And uh, he goes, I'm telling you, he's changed. He's a different guy. You've got to meet him. You really like him. And I went back and I met Vince and we met in a, in a, uh, in a uh, Waffle House. And he was like, you should come on, you know, the, it's limited time. You don't have to put all the time in, you know, the, you don't have to do the days. And he goes, and we'll, and we'll get you to work with Jeff. And at the time I got excited about working with Vince and Vince goes, but I'm leaving. <laughs> and he told me that he was getting out of the business at that time for whatever reason. And uh, I talked to Jeff. And I was like, listen, I want to work with you, but I don't want to work with you the first month. Let me come back and work with Raven first and let's build it up. Let's build up some credibility so they know I'm not just coming in and do the job for you. And uh, so I had a really good time there for the first year. And I knew it was time to go at the end, you know, because it was back to, you know, well, you've had your run and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I'm out. <laughs> you know, it was. It, it, it got me what I wanted and not to feel as like, I really enjoyed the match I had with Christian at mania, but day one, that first, you know, nine tenths of that promo before they had diamond Dallas page, the guy who ran in on the NWO to get Randy Savage. And there's nine of them. And one of my character has me run away from take uh let's fight no let's go at it let him freaking kick my ass back but you know let's fight no you got to run away you're about you're gonna be like a chicken shit heel and, and it's you know and once i was already in it i was in it you know i should have freaking like went ah, i'm not doing that because 
that's how I learned Chris Jericho. You know, Chris Jericho, probably one of the smartest promoters of himself, of what he would and wouldn't do. And he had, I mean, I would love to have had his psychology going into WWE. And I don't think it would have really even helped me uh, in the beginning because WCW was going to get beat down and I was WCW. So, you know, it took me years to really like understand it wasn't me. It was, it wasn't me personally. It was, you know, the promotion. And there was a lot of heat. When I did Stone Cold Steve Austin's podcast, he was like, did you realize how much heat there really was on you guys coming in? And to be perfectly honest, no, I didn't. Once I got there, oh, oh. And he tasted it. Oh, yeah. Wow. Which is uh, so ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, it should have been about money. You know, yeah. me yeah. and The Rock, when you don't put me and The Rock together at People's Champion versus yeah. People's Champion, yeah. you're not trying to draw money. No. No. You know, when you have Diamond Dallas Page run away from anybody, chicken shit, you know, like uh, that's, just not, shit, the, that's not the guy who drew money. That's not the guy that's the people's champion for you. Right. Here. You know, so uh, uh, like I remember, I, I'll never forget that day when I was leaving and, you know, because I'm going through the crowd. Like, what are you doing? You don't run away. Like, it's like, yeah, I know. Like, that, we're going to throw that character out now doing the stalker thing. <laughs> You know, it's like what today I can laugh about it because it's 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 all part of the bigger plan. Yeah. If I do people's champion versus people's champion and put the rock over everywhere, I don't give a shit, you know, but have a hell of a run with him. Yeah, I've been beat by by less. You know, my whole life probably would be different. Yes, it would. And I wouldn't change a fucking thing. I mean, I'm living just like Jake is living his best life. Right now, so am I. Yeah. I mean, I love what I do. I'm 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 so grateful on so many levels for everything that's happened in my life. You know, and so you know that I didn't get a chance to work with a lot kind of would have loved to work with Iraq. I would have loved it because I just I was a friggin' Jake told me about him before anybody did. And he told me, you know, he told I gotta tell the story now. Friggin' the first time I meet Rock. I go to see Big Show in Canada, and I've got a pay per view on Sunday, but they're there on Saturday. And Pat Patterson was sitting right behind me, and I didn't realize it until we were getting off the plane. And he put me over so huge, and it felt so good to hear from him because I met Pat after Freddie Blassie, classy Freddie Blassie. I had sent him a tape of me in AWA. Looking for some critiquing. And I could just pick up the phone and call Freddie back then because of Lee Marshall. He put us together. Wow. Freddie brings my tape in as a manager to um to uh to Pat Patterson. And Pat he's like, look at this kid, he's got a good show, he's got a good stick, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Yeah, but he's like Andre the Giant as a manager. Boom. I'm dead. There is yeah. a manager. Yeah. The next time I never see Pat until I'm working in Florida Championship Wrestling and Hogan and Warrior are going to be in Toronto. They're down at the Sportatorium because there's a Sportatorium for Florida. There's a little ring there. And that's where they used to do TVs there. And they were in there. So Pat was down there. So me and Pat, you know, we meet each other there. And basically, he told me I was too tall. <laughs> it was never going to happen. Wow. So now it's fucking, he knows me, though. You know, I drive the pink Cadillac for that that match, you know, at, uh, at this um, WrestleMania 6, right? Yeah. And um, now it's we're getting off the plane. And he's like, man, what you did with your career, man. Wow, really, you know, blah, 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 really super complimentary. And I said, so you guys were over at uh, at the, the Blue Jays. What was that place called, the Blue Jays uh, Stadium there? Where the, uh, oh, I don't well, whatever, Sky Dome. Yeah, I heard you guys were at the Sky Dome. And I remembered it from, that's where I drove the pink Cadillac. And uh, I said, do you mind if I show up? Because I really love to see Big Show tonight. He's like, sure, come on by. Not really thinking I'm going to come. 
Because back then, you didn't go to the other guys. You go to the other guys unless you were looking for a job. Yeah. And I wasn't looking for a job. I just signed a multi-million dollar three-year deal. So I get there. They patch like, what? No. Well, come on. And rush me up to the <laughs> big show Sky Booth. Because his wife's from Canada. And I watch the show. He's a main event. Like the first main event. He's a champ right then. But Rock's closing this thing out. And back then, he had the big mullet sideburns, you know, and he had the Versace shirts. And Man, I watched that match with him. I thought he was great. And me and Show were leaving to go out. And he goes, you want, you know, I got to get my bag. You want to meet The Rock? And so, you know, The Rock freaking stuck his head out around the corner, and he's all sudsed up. And he's like, oh, Diamond, yeah, call you. I'll be right out. So I explained to him that Jake, had told me about him when he first came in as Rocky Maivia. And he said, this guy's so good looking, I don't know if I want to fight him or fuck him. And <laughs> I can't. I Jerry, fucked him. Jerry, Jerry Potts <laughs> on that one. And, well, he would. He's yeah. easy. <laughs> Rock, of course, popped on it. He goes, sounds like something Jake would say. <laughs> and uh, so I said, man, I just, you know, he told me you were going to be one of the biggest stars and Dude, you're on that rocket right now. And he said the same thing about me, and he had no reason to say it. He said the same thing about Austin when he was the ring bearer. Yeah, he said the same thing about you. He said, well, Jake's got a great eye for talent. and Just really cool dude. And I said, I just want to tell you, I, I saw you do an interview somewhere where you were being yourself, and then you flipped over to The Rock. This, this The Rock, that. This is right in the beginning. And and I said, then you came back to you and then back to you. I go, boy, that was super entertaining, man. So shook hands. I'm almost out the door. Big show's behind me. And I hear, hey, Diamond. And Big Show gets out of the way. And you can see The Rock just rolling in the character. And he's putting on one of his Versace shirts. He says, you know, Diamond, there's only one people's champion. And Big Show's like, oh! And I just deadpanned him. I said, you know, Rock, you're right. And you, well, you, you're looking at him. Oh! And I was out the door. Didn't give me, he gave me the eyebrow up. And Big Show was like, oh, my God, you stuffed him. And, you know, that was the night I came up with the whole idea. Two years before I ever went to WWE. I wake, me and me show went out from strip clubs in Canada. They Shut. are crazy. They're crazy. So I ended up getting back home and I, I'm trying to wake Kim up, you know, at the hotel. She's like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> like, no, I don't want to fuck you. I want to tell you a story. Like, what? I got oh, okay. to tell you, I'm going to show up in the WWF. She's like, what? You just signed a multi-million dollar deal. I got a three-year deal. Just signed it. And she's like, well, I go, just come on, wake up, wake up. And I said, what they're going to do, because when I first said something to The Rock, I'm not going to say what I said, but what I said made him stick his head around the corner like, who the fuck said that? Like, I know that voice, but who said that? And I said, they're going to turn off all the lights in the building. And everybody's going to think it's Jericho. But then it goes to 15 seconds, 20 seconds, 30 seconds. And JR is going to say, hold on, everybody. We're having technical difficulty. And then for the first time in a blacked out building, you hear my voice. And it says, who's the real people's champion? And spotlight on me. You're looking at them. And I throw up the diamond cutter. Bang, boom, 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 explosions. You know, I go to the ring. And I swear to God, I said this to her. The Rock will be in a movie. He won't be able to be there or he'll be injured. There'll be some reason. Rock wasn't doing movies back then yet. When I got to WWF, he was filming Scorpion King. Like God laid it all out for me. And I said, you know, I, it's the first time I've ever like, no, this is what I'm doing. If it would have been WCW, that's how it would have been. I'm doing this or I'm not doing it. But I didn't do that. And I second, I threw it out as, well, this is what I'd like to do. Now we have this for you. And of course, we know what happened. I went with it. 
But what I learned from that, because what happened from that, what I learned from that is sometimes you got can't be afraid to walk away from the table. Yeah. And that was the biggest lesson. The reason why we're in this building that I own, I have no fucking debt on anything. Zero. Because I've learned sometimes if this doesn't feel right to me, I'm out. Walk away. I'm out. And it was great. I would love to work with The Rock. But if I would have said to him, when you want to do People's Champion versus People's Champion, give me a call. I might not have made it to the elevator, you know? Because I feel they would have beat me down there. But Rock would have worked with me. When you're working with the dead man, the dead man, friggin', that's his character. Right. Like, he doesn't sell. I don't know how I didn't put that all together. You know, so in the big picture, I mean, I would have loved to work with Mark in a different, under different circumstances because I think he's one of the greatest ever. Um, ton of respect for the cat. Uh, didn't work out for me. But uh, in the big picture overall, life did. And uh, super grateful for it. Well said. Uh, John Osborne wants to know, a few years back, you were doing an, autogra- an autobiography, Jake, and said in the... Uh, uh, in the past that it was just being edited. What's the status of the book now? Do you still have plans to release one? I do have plans to release one. In fact, I sniped one of your guys. Oh, good. He done a bunch of research for me, but I paid him well and uh, got me the information I needed. So I can tell you that I'm going to be finishing that book within the next month. Oh, wow. And we'll be through. And uh, we're going to get at, get to it, getting it out there. I'm, I'm doing it all on my own. I'm paying my way the whole way through. I'll buy as many books as I can. And then when I sell, though, I'll buy, buy some more. But I'm not going to give my book away. But if we're looking at about 600 pages, 700 maybe. Oh, wow. That's, that's awesome. In fact, I'm on the way to work on it now because I'm running low on oxygen. So part on me. <laughs> I'm out of here. I got to go because I'm getting low. All right, brother. Love yep. Yep. Good deal, man. Well, listen, we'll we'll see you next week, Jake. I like you too, Conrad. Absolutely, right. man. Well, we, we appreciate the time today and uh, look forward to hearing from you again next week. But first, Jake, before or, or Dallas, before I let you go, uh, Poppy has a question go ahead, Jake. that I think oh, a, a lot of folks want to know here. Uh, well, you asked DDP what got him into yoga and how he constructed his own personal version of it. And what makes DDPY different than just regular yoga? And I knew that if I save this for last, I could just turn my microphone off and walk away because you had it from here. The clip notes is I blew my back out, you know, and I was wrestling and in the 98 and you know, they just they said my career was over, and I'm the guy who wouldn't be caught dead doing yoga the first 42 years of my life. Right. But, you know, at, you know, I wanted to still wrestle. I still want to live the dream. So that's how it came in, and it helped me without question, but it didn't give me everything. And what makes it different is a mixture of things, yoga, rehab, old-school calisthenics, where yoga is like, reach your arms to the heavens so the universe smiles back at you. I ain't doing any of that shit. You right. know, it's, you know, it's, it's tone and attitude. I make it fun. Uh, I, I create where no one can have any excuses. The workouts start in bed. Like I said, last, last week, they start in bed, go to sitting in a chair, go to using a chair. They're geared for, um, cardio, breaking up scar tissue and creating mobility and core strength. It's why I can do all the shit I can do going to be 67 in another six more months. So it's a fountain of youth and you can try it for nothing. Just go to ddpyoga.com or ddpy.com and take the app and try it for six, seven days. And if you like it, keep it. If you don't boot it, (laughs) it's as simple as that. But if you really want to go somewhere and do something, the very first thing on the app is the list. Do the list a hundred percent. Won't help you just it won't help you just change your life. I'll help you own your life. So that's that's the biggest deal. Like I it's funny because I still talk about the program a lot, but it's in bits and pieces. It's not it's not really my focus. Right. If people want to know about it, they'll go and find out. If not, hey, not a big deal. Well, listen, it's helped a lot of people, including Chris Jericho. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page has has not only helped himself, but Chris Jericho and Scott Hall and 
and Jake Roberts and these days, Buff Bagwell and so many other performers who were on the main roster, you know, whether it's guys like Darby Allen or guys like Drew McIntyre on and on, I can't recommend it enough. Everybody I know who's done it absolutely loves it. Uh, and, and you'll just start to feel more limber. You'll start to feel a little more alive. I mean, highly recommend it. Uh, and, uh, I, I think, uh, that's a good place for us to end today's episode. I think next week we're going to be uh, visiting with Jake. It'll be just Jake and I next week, but then you'll be back in two weeks and maybe we've got something special up our sleeves. We can't talk about it on the show yet, but there's going to be some exciting developments in the coming weeks and months here on the podcast. Fair to say. I would say so. My friend, I look forward to you uh, when I get back from Alaska. Anybody who's in the Alaska area, I will be at the uh, show in Fairbanks. Just look it up uh, or go to uh, my calendar. What Do we have a location on that one? Just let people know. Well, Conrad will look it up. Where are we going to be? Missile Pro Alaska is going to be in Anchorage on October 4th, and uh, so will Diamond Dallas Page. So make plans to see him. Wrestle Pro Alaska. You can follow them on Instagram or any of your social media apps. Uh, but Wrestle Pro Alaska is the handle. And I know they're looking forward to having Diamond Dallas Page and really almost like a who's who. Uh, you've got uh, some other incredible stars like Jay Lethal. I know Buff Bagwell is going to be there. I think Orange Cassidy is going to be there. Uh, Tennille Dashwood, you probably remember her from her WWE run. Lots of talent there. Maybe uh, our favorite, though, Diamond Dallas Page in Alaska. Uh, coming your way October 4th in Anchorage for WrestlePro. So stay tuned to that and everything else DDP right here on DDP Snake Pit. See you next week. Thank you, brother.